America is in trouble. We've turned our backs on God, forsaking our history, and too easily succumb to tyrannical orders. Our problem seems overwhelming, but the solution is simple. It's time we return to the Lord in strict adherence to the Constitution of the United States. Welcome to the Constitution Solution, one podcast under God. We're your hosts, Mark Deluzio and Christy Tyrone. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to episode 14, which is going to be called the, Christy? Tyranny of the Fearful. Tyranny of the Fearful. My name is Mark Deluzio, and this is Christy Tyrone, and we just got off an episode 13 on uh, executive orders. And I think you're going to see that this particular episode that uh, Christy's going to command the ship on this one is going to uh, reference back quite a bit to that whole episode about uh, executive orders and the constitutionality of them, or in, in particular, some of them we know aren't. Um, and we're going to talk about this tyranny of the fearful, which I think is uh, an unbelievably interesting phenomena that just happened to us uh, with uh, COVID. It's happened before, too, in other matters. But, uh, Christy, let's uh, turn it over to you and uh, do your thing. This is your chance to uh, to save America. <laughs> <laughs> Every day is another chance, right? Exactly. Um, okay, like as Mark said, the, this episode is going to be called Tyranny of the Fearful. Um, I'm going to break this topic up into two parts. So we'll have two separate episodes covering the same idea. But they'll have two different names. Um, and kind of cover two different elements of what I could call the the COVID era. It, it was so much more than an incident or a scene. This fixed point in time just changed the landscape of America for the worst. Yet it also prompted a much needed awakening and a and a mighty share of American citizens. And so, well, and God, God uses all things for good, right? So there's definitely been some good that's come out of this. So in the first episode, which we're going over today, the first part, um, we'll talk about how propaganda fed fear pressured Americans to forfeit their God-given rights and their even their private property in ways. Um, and just kind of go over all the bad things that happened during this, this time. And then the second part, which um, will be the next episode, I'm going to call that one uh, Liberty of the Brave. And in that one, we'll go over the um, talk about the everyday Americans who stood up to protect their rights and their property and others and the good that came out of the the courage of the the few who were bold enough to stand up and say no to this tyranny. So, Christy, um, by the way, it would be interesting to get your opinion, not, maybe not now, but you know, somewhere along the line, what percentage of our population fell into each category? <laughs> you know, uh, I've got my view, view on that, but uh, you don't need to answer now. But I would be interested, Don, maybe towards the end of this podcast or, or episode, to, uh, to give you your thought on that in terms of how you saw it. Anyway. I just without your... getting any any numbers, but like just on the surface, I would say that. You, you have a, sh- a, a probably almost maybe almost even like an equal share of people that were that were brave and people that were fearful but i think the majority just kind of went along the, i think the most people just didn't really pick a side and they were just like oh, okay and then by default ended up picking the the tyr- tyrannical side 
you know, because they just went along and didn't want to deal with it. So well, that's that's, just kind of- that's another. I didn't think about that. There's really three categories, isn't there? Mm-hmm. And, uh, that is a problem with that, of 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 our country being silent to the tyranny that's being bestowed. I mean, I, we saw that mm-hmm. happen. In uh, you know, the the world is littered with corpses of, of as a result of people being silent. And uh, maybe maybe that's a separate episode someday. But anyway, okay. Sorry, I just wanted to get your thoughts on yeah. that. Yeah. I think that's a good question. It really puts in, in things into perspective as we as we go along and look at this, these things. So um, I'm going to start off by reading the definition of tyranny, of course, yeah. out of the 1828 Webster Dictionary. I knew you were going to use that dictionary. <laughs> Why would I ever use another now that you I know have, about you this have one? a question on Noah Webster? I'm just kind of curious. Do you have like a poster mm-hmm. in your room or? No. <laughs> no. I just respect his knowledge. By the way, I don't wisdom. have I don't have one. And guess what? I asked Diane for Christmas. What? Eighteen twenty. Getting the poster? Yeah. Oh, no, good. not the poster. <laughs> May I say you get the dictionary? Maybe I'll hang it up behind me. Yeah. But, uh, no, no, no. The, the eighteen twenty eight Webster Dictionary. I did ask her for that. Isn't that awesome? Is that nerdy to be asking for that kind of thing? like the crown of nerdery i think i love it i totally support it i think it's good though so okay yeah awesome and you can read along when i read the definitions next time oh yeah um okay so according to the 1828 webster dictionary uh tyranny has five definitions they're all pretty short first one being the longest which says arbitrary or despotic exercise of power the exercise of power over subjects and others with a rigor not authorized by law or justice or not requisite for the purpose of government. Hence, tyranny is often synonymous with cruelty and oppression. Number two, cruel cruel government or discipline as the tyranny of a master. Three, unresisted and cruel power. Four, absolute monarchy, cruelly administered. Five, severity, rigor, and clemency. So that's a pretty big picture about the title that i chose and why it's relevant for this era in history all right hey so hey by the way there's some powerful words he used i wrote them down despotic yeah. uh, cruelty cruel power oppression there's some powerful words in there mm-hmm. they're un- unfortunately very familiar and uh close close to home right now I'm wondering what the dictionary of today would say. It would probably say Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Something totally not not that significant as that one was. Okay, so let's just get right into what happened. Um, We'll start by talking about two weeks to slow the spread. We all remember that phrase and how um, that... Everybody reacted differently to that, I think, even on the surface, where some people right away were like, this is crazy. I don't don't trust them. Um, Then some people were like, oh, everybody's going to die right away. And then there were people that were like, and and my family and I kind of fell into this category where we were like, okay, well, let's see what's going on. Let's do some research. Let's look into this, maybe step back and catch your breath and see what's happening before we form any serious opinion or reaction. Right. Um, and I think one of the things that's interesting to note is, especially in my little town, because at that time I was living in Borrego Springs in March 2020, 
Borrego Springs, California, a little tiny town in the desert in the easternmost end of San Diego. And I think the population was like 3,500 people. So itty bitty town, right? And we were all at the first part, everybody was like, we're in this together. And everybody was going to work together and help each other out. And spoiler alert, that didn't age well. <laughs> um, so in this time of personal research where people, whether people were looking to the news or the president or the governor, whoever they're getting their news sources from, and then also at this time, I think really the, um, I guess what you call like the back alley news kind of started picking up where people that were digging deeper were starting to share what they were learning. And um, so there was a, there was a lot of information out there and it was um, hard at first within that first little span of time to get, to figure out what was going on. And there was kind of like a cross of trustworthy and untrustworthy sources saying different things like remember at first nancy pelosi was like we're going to chinatown we're not shutting down and then trump was like that's a bad idea and at first even gavin newsom was like oh we're just going to take our time and go slow and not make any rash decisions and i'm like oh wow he's being reasonable that's weird and then um and trump was the one that was like oh we got to really shut the borders close the airlines like do all the stuff so it was like okay so the president that i can trust is saying this stuff and then the people I don't like and trust are saying this thing. So it was really hard to figure out what was going on. Do you, th do you think Do you think it was all calculated in that regard? Yeah. Yeah. Looking back now, I'm like, oh, boy, did they bamboozle us or what? You know, mm -hmm. muddying the waters there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think the turning point for, for me and my family was, and this was within that first two weeks, when Congress got together to form the cares act they call it you know don't you just love those names that they give to things and so this was like supposed to be the financial relief package that they were going to put together to help save everybody from this horrible thing that was happening this dangerous virus that was sweeping through the nation and we watched closely sean and i my husband and my parents and everybody were like what's going on we watched the debates and we see the congressmen going back and forth and a lot of the Republicans were speaking that they were against it because it was a lot of money. They put, they were putting a lot of money on the table and we didn't like that part. You know, we never liked the government spending a bunch of money. And we're like, wow, it's pretty close. Like the, the yays and the nays just as per the debate, you know? And so one of the things that really caught my attention during that was when they were debating the unemployment part, they were talking about like six months, three months, like nine months. And I'm like, wait a minute. I thought this was only going to be two weeks. <laughs> what are they up to here? Right. So it started getting weird. Um, so in this CARES Act, and I just kind of took a they few didn't notes. They didn't enough vaccines then, so they didn't make enough money. That's why they extended. <laughs> Sorry. I... Yeah. Right, getting ready for that part. Yeah. <laughs> all the money and all this, by the way. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So this bill that they're debating over, it's like 1,800 pages or some monstrosity that nobody can even really read, right? But some of the things that were in it were, um, uh, it was well over $2 trillion, right? And it, it was one of the largest financial rescue packages in history. Rescue, I use that term. Yeah, 2.3, 2.3 trillion. Yeah, 2.3. Mm -hmm. um, the act gave money to families, which was, I think, you know, a bait and distraction. Like, oh, here's a little treat for you guys. 
down there, you little peasants, um, to shut you up. Um, they set up all their unemployment plans for everybody that they were closing their, their kicking them out of work. Um, there was pork galore. I mean, they were giving so much money, millions to, um, like the Kennedy center and the Smithsonian. There was a bunch of money that went to like illegals and their programs. Um, NPR, the news radio news station, they gave them a bunch of money. I'm like, Oh, are they propaganda or something? Right. Um, Oh, renewable jet fuel. Don't forget about that. That was part of it. Right. And I don't even know how many other things that they funded that were wholly unrelated, right, to this. You know, Christy, I know a guy, a friend of mine, he runs a recruiting agency. I won't say where it is. It's a small business, right? He not only got a quarter million dollars from the state that he resides in, he got a quarter million dollars from the government, the federal government. A half a million dollars. He said, I just opened up my mail one day and there was a check. He didn't even sign up for anything. They just. <laughs> oh I don't think goodness. so. I don't think they were handing money out. Oh, I didn't get any of that money just to let you know. Oh. Um, you know, my but, goodness. Uh, was... uh, you know, and anyway, it, it was, it was, by the way, the Cures Act, well, by the way, just to let you know what it really stands for. Congress's assault on our Republic economy and society. That's my definition of it. I support it. Stamp that in stone. P-A-R-E-S. This is my words, anyway. Congress is uh-huh. on a republic, economy, and society. C-A-R-E-S. Yep. That's that's how I look at the CARES Act. But anyway, I, dig- totally. I digress. Yeah. 100%. I'm with you on that. <laughs> and I think one of the things that was that stood out was very interesting. They, they wanted to vote by voice, just yays and nays, sure. right? And... Thomas Massey, the rep from Kentucky, he's actually one of the few people in Congress that I actually like. Um, he stood up and was like, um, no, like we need to put our names by this. He's like, if you're gonna sell out our future generations, like for uncountable amounts of money to go into these wild things, like you need to put your name by it. And they voted him down. Republicans and Democrats voted him down. Of course. And then they voted by voice. Now, of course, it was only vocal, so you couldn't quite tell who, but there was like one solemn no and that was you know thomas massey there might have been another person or two that said no but it was it was sad that they all just dove in and said yep spend all this money give it all away and i think we're kind of we're hoping and dumbly now that i look back that trump would veto it (laughs) we were like no don't spend all that money but he signed it so it happened um, well, you know, I, I, that... I, you and I privately have talked about that, and I think that was chan- Trump's chance to be have a, a Winston Churchill moment and take a leadership role in this. And you know, but you know, I also always try to argue the other side because that's how you learn, and that's how you maybe solidify what you really believe. But if you think about Trump, it was election time, all right? People were hysterical. Uh, the government says they're going to come to the rescue with all this money. People are out of work. We put 45 million people out of work, by the way. Biden's touting the fact that he brought back 20 million or whatever it is. He's leaving 25 million on the table. He's saying, now oh, the biggest job recovery in the history of, of a presidency. Yeah, well, through policies that he supported, we lost 45 million jobs. And now he's touting the fact that he got back 17 million or 20, whatever the number he, he happens to claim today. It's not 45, okay? It's not 45. 
And so numbers lie, right? In 600,000 family businesses gone off the face of the map forever. 600,000, Christy. Right. Okay? And, and so now you look at this and you say, well, all these congressmen who we know, all they care, most of them care only about their power and being reelected. Had they voted against this bill, it would be political suicide for most of them. And same with Trump. Okay. So on one hand, I can understand why they voted for it. But on the other hand, if you really swore to the Constitution, to uphold the Constitution, you could not have said yes to this bill. Okay. Yes. You could you could not. And, he, so, and I'm not making an excuse for these guys. I'm just telling you that I understand yeah. what they were faced with. Okay. It doesn't mean what they did was right. But I can at yeah, least kind of hostage what, situation there. Yeah, yeah, but you yeah. know, come on. I mean, what if they all did what if where's the Freedom Caucus? Yeah. Now, I talked to they Mark Meadows yeah. personally about the Freedom Caucus. He asked me to join her if I got elected to Congress. Where the heck is the Freedom Caucus on this? Why didn't yeah. a group of 40, 50, whatever are in there now, get together and say, no, we don't we ain't vote for this? Because every vote that you vote against is a has an effect of two votes. Okay. okay and you could have, they could have like said, hey, take this other stuff out. Because the hostage situation really came down to the people, right? The money right. and any anything that was going directly to the people, they, they could have been like, hey, just let's just do that. Let's just do that. And there, there should have been more of a negotiation, I think, there. And um, that would have been beneficial because at least the I public. Know, I, know, was... I know I know people who got money. They were retired. Okay. <laughs> That's crazy. And, and well, like... and then, too, the inflation that happened because of this. And I know everyone wants to blame Biden, but I'm like, hey, I mean, the Republicans and Trump signed this thing, too. So well, he had to say, say inflation, too, because, again, let's go back to constitutional economics for a minute. Inflation is defined mm -hmm. as when the Federal Reserve expands the uh, the money supply. Yep. That is the true definition right. of inflation. When when there's more money in the economy, it's worth less, just like any other commodity. So, and we talked about that on the economical uh, constitution economics way back on one of the early episodes, right? But anyway, Three years early on. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so forty five. This was the setup. Yeah, this very early on. This was within the two weeks. Like I said, what was it? Was it the um? I said the date. It was. It passed um on March twenty fifth and was signed into law on March twenty seventh, right? And so it's very early on in the whole ordeal, and I just think, and looking at like you said, the kind of the tough situation these guys were in, I'm like. I we knew what was going on. We knew these things were scandalous. Even by now, within the first two weeks, we were like, "This is not good," and and I just wonder how could I'm a homeschool mom, you know, pretty good at making cookies and cleaning my house and teaching my kids. My husband's a mechanic; he works on cars. You know, my my dad's retired. My mom was doing accounting stuff. We're we're nobody like super educated or smart or fancy, and we caught on. We knew what was going on. So it's really disappointing that just us as your mere, the plain people, as you mentioned in the last episode, caught on, yet the leader of the free world caved to the hysteria, yep. to the yep. fear, to whatever, you know, and so I'm like, man, I just, I have a really hard time, though I can see the pressure that was on, I have a really hard time um, allowing 
any valid excuse for By the way, what happened just, that just day. To, just to give you a little bit of a correction or pushback, uh, just because you're educated doesn't mean you're smart. I know a lot yeah. of educated, dumb people, okay? Mm -hmm. And uh, I know your family, and they're smart. <laughs> I know every one of them. <laughs> your father, your mother, your husband. Sometimes I wonder if it's not the lack of education. <laughs> look, hey, look, the smartest one in your family is Anza. Let's just face it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but she uh, started early, so she's gonna. You guys are on. you guys are smart, and you figured it out uh, earlier than most people did, and uh, you know, and uh, that's you know, but but you have an understanding of of the Constitution, so it looked abnormal to you. It it did, doesn't look abnormal. People are getting all the goodies, and and, well, and the, yeah, the people that don't know. Yeah. And I think that was key in this. And I just love looking back at God's sovereign hand on this whole situation because it was not too long before this, a few years before this, that, um, Jesus saved me from my sins. So, and, um, took hold of my heart and changed me for the better, turned my heart of stone into a heart of flesh. And so in that salvation, I started one seeing the whole world through God's lens of, of humanity. And then, and then studying American history, like we were in homeschooling and like you said, having that understanding of the constitution. So now it was like, God just set us up for like, for this time in history where it's like, all right, now I'm walking right with the Lord. Now I understand what America's made of. I know I'm studying our founding documents and, and this isn't right for either God or country. This is wrong. And so we went into this with the armor of God on and, we're able to really see through the haze, I think, in ways that maybe some other people maybe took a little longer. Um, some people still haven't seen, but praise the Lord for giving us that vision as we walk through this hazy world. Christy, uh, okay. You and I, you and I this, is a, I, this is a question I always wanted to ask you on this one. So you and I have been, you know, uh, identifying all the tyranny that's been happening as it relates to our constitution, right? And that's... Mm -hmm of what we're doing with this pod, with this whole podcast. Do you think COVID, because tyranny just didn't start at COVID, right? We had tyranny all the way before. Do you think this was God's way to giving us a wake-up call? I totally think so. I think that, like I said, God uses all things for good for those who call according to his purpose. That's um, in Romans. And judgment, when God judges the nations, horrible things like this happen and people the remnant there's always a remnant who does not bow the knee to bail you know and that really started to come clear and like sean my husband will tell you covid saved his life because he was kind of one foot in the world one foot in the word you know he kind of wasn't fully committed to god at the time and then this was like whoa 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 i'm getting right with jesus i see there's two sides in this battle and i know which one i'm on you know and i think that happened to a lot of people and a lot of people started turning to the church and stuff because they were like, this is crazy. We need some stability. And so, and so, yes, I think that God used this for good. And there's still, and we'll get into this, and especially episode two, where we talk about the good stuff, um, the, the good that came of it. Okay. But for now, let's get into more of the, the dirty stuff, the bad stuff, because that's what this episode's about. Um, okay. So the next section here, I called 30 more days, dot, dot, dot. Because remember, after the two weeks, <laughs> yeah. they added 30 more days. <laughs> and so, and I just remember being like, what? 
no, I was done. You know, like we did take our time back for the two weeks and kind of were respectful of the magistrate for that time. But I just remember like thinking, this is nuts. I don't want to do this. And so this is when things really start heating up civilly, right? The civil divide starts picking up because now we have businesses are closed and all these different things are going on and lines are being drawn because the people who are studying and learning from the back alley news are like, wait a minute, what about this? What about that? And the people who are fearful are like, no, 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 how you can't question that. And so the arguments ensue, right? I also think it's important to note that before I get into all the lockdown issues, the mask mandates didn't start right away. I can't remember exactly if it was in April or maybe into May. I think it was in April because it wasn't right away. But when it did happen, I remember thinking, this is silly. We've already been dealing with this for weeks or what, you know, whatever. And we started grocery shopping in Yuma because Yuma, Arizona, because they didn't have mask mandates there and I refused to put one on. So extreme measures, I know. But <laughs> so I kind of, that helps place the timeline a little bit. So once the mask thing happens, the divide then becomes very visual, right? It's not just, you know, what you're typing on the internet or maybe what, you know, it's like wearing a shirt or having a political sign. Like some people just willingly walked around with a mask on outside by themselves. Some people drove in their cars all along with them on. And then you have the defiant um, few that refused to put one on and it was a fuss every time they'd go in a store or reluctantly put it on because they had to, but had some snide remark about it, you know? So that the mask, I think, and we know it didn't do anything scientifically, but what it did was made a very visual statement of the divide that was ripping through our culture. So that's important to note that part. So carrying on um, <clears throat> into the lockdowns, um, the businesses closing was, was terrible. And the separation, not only the assault against private property, which we could go on and on about that, but the deciding the deciders of what was essential and non-essential was just egregious it was like who says the one business is more important than the other and and then in the ones that were deemed essential they they're like but the disposable slaves like so if this this virus is so awful and it's just going to kill everybody but you guys you guys got to risk your lives and go out there keep doing what you're doing um and then like you mentioned in the past episode like walmart got to be open right all these big corporations they're fine but the little mom and pop shop we don't need you we're gonna close you down and well that's just... the first time you can't you cannot you know when you talk about walmart you cannot the government cannot infringe on a religion the religion yeah the religion of walmart the walmart people and the whole class of people huh? haven't you heard hmm. <laughs> it just yeah reminds, and they it just all this walmart stuff you know it, it just reminds me of jeff dunham the comedian who has all the puppets i saw him a couple of times oh, yeah there's a guy named walter who looks a lot like biden oh yeah and and, and he, he asked him one time i'm just deviating here for a minute for a little comedy but he asked Walter, Jeff Denham asked Walter, so what would you like to do if you came back, you know, 
uh, reincarnated. He goes, I'd like to be a Walmart greeter. Because, yeah, I tell him, welcome to Walmart. Get your crap and get the hell out. (laughs) Fitting. (laughs) Anyway, I'm sorry. So he would have kept his job, right, during the lockdowns, Walter? I don't know. They might have fired him because he was so uh, offensive to uh, the woke that would walk into Walmart, you know, buying Chinese goods and then complaining about companies moving to China. So, yeah. Well, I think one of the things that was, all the little things that were so glaringly obvious of the the un, unequal weights here was, like, when we were shopping in Yuma, we were going to the, the fries market, and... Yeah. Right next door in the same little strip mall, there was a little Asian uh, mom and pop, you know, Chinese food, Asian food restaurant. They were closed. They were apparently not 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 valid to stay open. But in the fries and the corporate, you know, conglomerate, they had a little Asian, you know, part in their little food buffet. I'm like, oh, well, I guess they get to do their Asian food, but not the other guys. So it was just so bizarre to see that. And... I think the the people just fell for that essential and non-essential thing was really sad, you know, and the excuses that people were making why it was okay to do one and not the other. And just totally the loss of attention and interest on ca- capitalism and the free market and the ability to do what you do to provide for your family. You mm-hmm. know, the little guys didn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. And in our little desert town, um, which was we found out was mostly very liberal and very for the lockdowns, and we were among the itty bitty minority who were not. That's surprising, uh, to me, by the way. Yeah. yeah, I know it was crazy to see it yeah. happen. Um, the unveiling, um, the the public bullying that happened because a few of the shops wanted to stay open, and the two particular, and I won't I won't name them, but. They were a little more conservative, I guess. They were trying to stay open and um, people were giving them grief for it. And Sean and and my dad had offered the owners like, hey, we'll come stand at your door and and kind of make sure people are coming in at their distances and keeping their space and trying to help them to enforce all the crazy rules. But just to manage it so that they could keep their businesses open okay let's follow the rules but let's stay open let's kind of find all the little loopholes to make this work right but they didn't want to do it because they were you know the the it was it was intimidating because the people were so upset and saying so many horrible things you're trying to kill everybody by doing this and i'm like you're trying to kill them by not letting them feed their families you know the one the one gal, she closed her shop down, sold her house, and moved to Florida. She was like, I'm out of here, you know. Um, but yeah, so the public um, sentiment there was very much for the lockdowns. And so much so that the sheriff had to make another 1-800 phone number because people were calling so often to report people for being outside without masks on that he couldn't keep up with the calls. Crazy little place. Um, so... The school's closed. We all know that part. Um, a lot of people complained about that. I personally think that was one one of the greatest things that happened <laughs> from COVID. Um, parents yeah. really got to start to get a look at what was going on in these schools. You couldn't contaminate you know? the kids anymore. Yeah, not by COVID, yeah. but by, by yeah. indoctrination. Yeah, and, and I was, it was stressful for people, and I feel for that. But I, you know, they they 
had to find ways to be home. And a lot of the parents were working at home. So they were there and they kind of got to really see well, that. I, so I thought I, I think... thought the whole, the board of education, you know, pushback was a positive that came out of COVID because parents started seeing what was going on in the classroom. Yeah. Okay. It gave yeah. them an insight because they weren't taking an interest. Otherwise, uh, you know, you can walk into a classroom anytime you want, but when they started seeing what happened on zoom and seeing what's going on, then all of a sudden you, you notice that the surge on the boards, uh, the, the, the liberal uh, woke uh, 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 board of education and from town to town started rearing its ugly head. So I think yeah. there, was a, there is some positive that came out of that. There is a lot of positives. I mean, homeschooling is still on the rise after that. So, and we'll get more into those details in part two. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm actually very excited about that part. Um, the parks and um, recreational places were closed. And especially in California, of course, Newsom went in heavy hand. And like my husband says, Newsom tightened the noose some. <laughs> took your neck out. Um and so in California, they closed all the parks. I mean, playgrounds, like the, the, the slides were all taped off, you know, um, hiking trails were closed. So you couldn't go be outside in nature away from people. And um, we lived in Anza Borrego State Park where we lived. It's like some 600,000 acre park. They closed the desert. The desert was closed. There was a big portion of it, the off-road park area, Octavia Wells, was actually roped off with like the caution tape all along the highway. You, you know that that COVID thrives in 120 degree heat in the <laughs> desert. It kills it you, all. You, did you fail biology or something? Or, you know, I mean, you should know that, Christy. Yeah. Yeah, right out there in the blazing sun, you know, far away from everybody. They weren't having it. They had park rangers parked out there to catch you if you dared to try. Crazy. Yeah, but the still cactus that, that are out there are, you know, 150 years old. <laughs> home gatherings right they didn't want you having people over at your house there was like a limit the number of people because I, and i remember like the people that were playing were like oh for thanksgiving i'm not going to be able to invite everybody i mean you got to pick and choose now who you're going to invite to your family gathering because of these people because of the government like oh my goodness how well, far you know, have it's they funny you say that we have extended family members that were invited to our house for thanksgiving during that time period and they didn't want to come because what if the police see extra cars in your driveway? They actually said that. Oh, my goodness. And I said, don't worry, I have guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm curious. That's, that's just the, the fear that was put into these people. Yeah. It was so bad. Um. Ho yeah. Holidays, home gatherings. Okay. Funerals. People couldn't have funerals for yep. their loved ones who died. Yep. That's right. I mean, that's just the worst, right? And but yet, George Floyd, because remember during all this, the summer of love happens, right? The riots. So everybody's closed and locked up. Asking for the, 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 the cities are ablaze with rioters looting and burning and killing everybody because of, you know, George Floyd. Um, but so when he they had a funeral for him during this and like Al Sharpton went and Obama went and it was like this a big whole hoorah and they had a big funeral procession it was like cinderella you know car was like the, his little casket cart i was like oh my goodness so that was allowed uh they were allowed to do that but your average person could not have a funeral well, for their imagine the president one. going to the funeral of a a guy that has a rap sheet longer than uh okay and 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 a guy that 
was charged with kidnapping a pregnant woman and holding a gun to her belly. Uh, this is the guy that Obama went to, uh, yep. you know, Michael Brown, the the thug of Ferguson, his mother got a call when Michael Brown died. You know, when my son got killed in Afghanistan and he was commander in chief, Obama didn't call us. But Michael Brown's mother got a call. Okay. All right. I don't know what to tell you. I, I really don't know what to tell you. I mean, these I'll are the people we're dealing with. Well, those are the facts, and I'll let you guys out there decide what that all means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort that one out, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Elective surgeries. You were not allowed to have any yeah. kind of elective surgery. Yeah. Right? And even if you needed a real one, it was all questionable. And Christy, I, I know that my sister went over a year because she couldn't get a knee replacement. She suffered. Okay. Uh, a, a guy that works with me or for me, his wife needed... Uh, um, uh, varicose vein surgery she couldn't even walk for a year because they didn't you know it wasn't elective and i uh, uh the guy that actually served with steven and actually tried to save him that day uh who had uh cancer from burn pits they stopped his chemo okay oh, over a month because they didn't want him to catch covid he's he was dying he did die by the oh, way that's he so did die crazy. they stopped his chemo Okay. I don't know what to that's, tell you. I, I really like it doesn't know. make sense. There's like and, no and, way and the doctors sense. were afraid to get sick. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> and the nurses, isn't this your profession that you deal with sick people? I don't yeah. Know. And and this then one. during all that too, remember the nurses doing the TikTok videos? Because they yeah. were so inundated with being afraid of dying that they had time to do these choreographed dance videos. Ugh, well, go so be horrible. a librarian somewhere, but don't do that job then if you don't want to be exposed to yeah. germs. Sorry. Yeah, totally. I mean, totally. That's the risk. That's the job, right? And if masks work, by the way, then just wear a mask. You'd be, problems would be solved. Yeah, it'll be yeah. fine. Um, Some of the more... Um, I feel like I lost part of my list or something because like there's things that I'm not on here that were... Um, a lot of the healthcare stuff was really really bad um the ventilators were killing people um the red did well no i'm gonna say it wrong i talked to a friend about saying it wrong before the show and now here i am rendezivimir whatever whatever pill they were giving people was killing people i guess they've since changed the name of it they still give it to people but they changed the name so you don't know that they're giving you the one that kills you um it was just really horrible to see the rot through the institution of of healthcare. And I, I do know that someone I know was working at a, doing accounting for a medical center at the time. So she got to see the money they would get paid for um, saying these things were COVID related. So yes. if you went in there with, you know, uh, you know, a, a bleeding ear, they'd be like, oh, you, you got COVID, you know, and then they'd get money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then even worse. And then if you died from whatever they would write it down as covid deaths they were falsifying i know several records too okay okay and there is a video on youtube maybe we'll try to post it on our website it's the state health director for the state of illinois and she got up there and the question was well how do you guys define a covid death she said look if anybody dies and it's found to have COVID at the time of death, it goes down as a COVID death. And she actually went out and said, if you're terminal in cancer and you die from the cancer, but you have COVID, 
We record it as a COVID death. She admitted this, Christy. That okay, it's on video. It's on YouTube. I got the video. Maybe we'll post this on our on our website so people could see. So that so what does that mean? The COVID deaths got exaggerated. We eradicated the flu during this time, by the way. Nobody got the flu. Okay, because uh, you know, flu you know, died of COVID death. Well, in two thousand eighteen, I think eighty thousand people died from the flu. Okay, all of a sudden the flu went away, right? Because it all got reclassified, and you're right. They got money. I heard different numbers. I heard 27000 per patient. Um, I, I don't know what the right number is. But, it, you know, it, and it got it got pumped up, and that just continued to feed the hysteria. Yeah, the hysteria, the fearful, right? And then it's it's so sad to see how many people just – complied and went not even just people that followed the order like that like people that worked in healthcare like how and i'm sure some of them quit there were some that quit because that's another thing some of any other doctors or even nurses who spoke out and about the truth of what was happening a lot of them got fired or lost their jobs i think california don't quote me on this i know they were talking about making a law they probably did because it's california trying making a law mm -hmm. where if a doctor spoke against the the medical consensus that he would lose his license you know victor davis hansen talks about a stanford professor who is a the top immunologist in the world and he spoke out against some of the things that were going on and stanford university basically sanctioned him he got blacklisted and he got is done okay uh yeah. and this was like the top guy globally in his field and he got he got bounced I got I got kicked off of LinkedIn, Christy, because I made the statement for life, by the way. By the way, they went back six months, seven months when I was running for Congress and found this post. So I know they were hunting for me. I wrote that the the CDC changed the definition of a vaccine and the and the, and the COVID vaccine is not technically a vaccine. I got kicked off for life off of LinkedIn. I had thousands and thousands of followers. Okay, I'm done on LinkedIn. For that, like, like I that's canceled. Horrible. Yeah, I got canceled on that. Okay, and and like you said, you got linked out. I love that joke. I got linked out. Okay, but yeah. the thing about it is, it doesn't matter if you're correct. No. And even if I was wrong, you know, there's a lot of things on LinkedIn and Facebook that are wrong. Yeah, that's free well, speech. No, and this got back into something I would have done in Congress. It's a long story, but how we would have turned these social media outlets into publishers which are then subject to to lawsuits, okay? Oh, and we'll get into that in the next section. Yeah, okay. So that's Good. a big part of all this. Um, let's see, I did find the, the page I was missing. I did find it. I, I covered a few of them by memory, but a couple other things. Um, parents that were de depriving their children of community, you know, and like, you can't go out, you can't be with your friends, you can't, like the psychological damage of locking children away because adults well if you didn't want to that was a whole struggle if you wanted to like hey but like to send your kids i just think it's so messed up um and then especially the kids they're not going to school now which in ways was better but now if you're just keeping them away from any social activities and stuff like that's just not good um one of my friends was a, um a sheriff's deputy in minnesota and he was speaking out against this stuff and he wouldn't enforce you know these horrible unconstitutional measures he lost his job his lifelong career out done um one of his friends was imprisoned for keeping her bistro open imprisoned put in jail 
because she kept her place of business open. Um, I mean, just the list and we could go on about all the horrible things. I actually, to get this list together, asked a bunch of my friends, like, do you remember any specific things that were extra horrible to you? So a lot of these things were just brought up to me by people I know that were like, Oh, I remember this and remember that. And remember, and it just, it was horrible what happened. And so much of it, as I always say, could have been prevented had people not complied. Um, but they did. And, and meanwhile, I have a little list here of just some of the hypocrisy that happened from the, the leaders that were ordaining this madness all by mandate, mind you, these things were not law. Um, I don't know if anybody actually passed any COVID lockdown laws in any states. They wouldn't as far as dare. I know, they were mostly they would, that's my point. They wouldn't dare. They wouldn't dare. So this is all mandate. So so governor gets up and says, do this and this. And the people are like, okay, we have to do it because the governor said it. Meanwhile, Nancy Pelosi gets caught getting a haircut. Remember, all the salons were closed, but she got her haircut. By the way, it did it did look good, though. Come on. The stylist did good. Well, and then she blamed the stylist. She's like, she shouldn't have allowed it. It's like, you dirty Of course. Um, I remember that. They had her on video. They had her on video. Um, Newsom got caught going to his little French laundry uh, business where he uh, uh, got mask-free, hanging out with friends, all that. By the um, way, he wanted to pass a law or an ordinance at least that when you were at a restaurant, Christy, you had to take your mask off, take your bite, and put your mask back on. He wanted to do that, okay? And, like, first of all, you're not supposed to touch your mask, okay? I know a lot about PPE because I worked in pharmaceuticals and medical device companies. The last thing you do is put your hands on your on your mask, okay? Up down, pull it over your nose. Regardless of whether your masks are effective or not, that's another argument for another day. You're not supposed to touch them. Yeah, anyway. and they did. Everybody that wears one's always all over them. <laughs> um Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago at the time, she oh. got caught getting her hair dyed um, for hygiene. She explained when she got caught, she's like, it's for my hygiene. You're like, what about if everybody else's hygiene? You know, um, Chris that, Cuomo. Of, do, so why would of, that woman spend a dime on her looks? I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Chris Cuomo of CNN, he got caught jogging without his mask on. Well, Did he have a shirt on? Did, have, did Chris Cuomo have a shirt on? I don't, I don't remember the video. Chested, I remember hearing you know? I mean, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, He was out jogging without his mask on while he's shaming everybody about not wearing masks. Mm -hmm. Um, Doctor Bricks, the gal that was on the COVID committee, um, she got caught traveling to see family during the holidays and lockdowns while they were telling everybody not to do that. Um, And I'm sure there's more. That was just the the George Floyd funeral. Obviously, was a huge hypocrisy. There, there were so many things that was like where they were saying do this do this and they weren't doing it and yet the people were like oh we don't want to break the rules you know it was so frustrating let me me run through a few i wrote down this is personal for me i saw this myself okay my nephew in california his son plays on the water polo team in high school he did graduated now but i said hey is uh is he back playing water polo he goes well they're practicing but they're not letting them use the ball. Okay. How do you use, how do you play water polo? Without, and by the way, it's chlorinated water, but how do you, how yeah. do you play water polo without the ball? Maybe it's air ball. Um, air ball. Diane had surgery on her, on her foot 
And she went to physical therapy in the waiting room. They took away all the chairs. You just stand there before you get your surgery? In a physical therapy waiting room, okay? Um, I went for an eye exam. This was early on in this whole fiasco at one of these big eye exam places. And she told me that, and there's a lot more to this story, but I'll just tell the one part of it. She said, uh, when the doctor examines you, you have to hold your breath. I, oh. I'm not kidding you, okay? And I said, well, geez, I didn't remember signing up for an underwater exam, you know? And she didn't so think it was funny. funny. The two girls didn't think it was no. funny. I thought, it was, I thought that was hilarious. Um, That's really funny. I was on a rental car bus in Boston. It was packed like sardines, and I didn't have a mask on. And this woman who's literally almost touching me, that's how close she was. She says, excuse me, sir, you're going to have to put your mask on. So you got all these social justice warriors out there now, right? You're going to have to put your mask on. And I looked at her, I said, well, uh, excuse me, ma'am. I said, you're going to have to give me six feet social distancing. <laughs> and she packed in bus. She was packed, we all literally all stand in there packed like sardines, right? So that's another thing. Uh I was just uh, uh, accosted in a parking lot here in Scottsdale. I'm walking into the store and the woman stopped me and says, excuse me, sir, where's your mask? I go, I don't own one. Well, sir, you have to have a mask in the parking lot. Okay. Parking lot. Yeah. I said, I said to her, you know, masks don't do any good when you have polio. And I just walked away. Okay. You gotta have fun. Yeah. You got to have fun when the world's burning around you, you, right? right? The one-way aisles in grocery stores, we all saw that crap, right? Um, So I walked into, and I, you know, I walked into this Chinese restaurant that I, uh, when they they were just doing takeout, of course, and there were a bunch of people standing there waiting for their order. So I know the lady at the Chinese restaurant, we became sort of friends, you know, I said, and, and she would laugh. And I said to her, she's Chinese, you know, I said, hey, I'd like two orders of C-19, please. And uh, the people did not think, you know, the people standing there did not think it was funny. She cracked up, right? Yeah, good. But she, but she cracked, she cracked up. And the, and probably the, the craziest one was I got an airplane, sitting right next to me. And I have a picture of this. This, do you know those Dupont Tyvek suits they use when they, you know, do like auto painting? Yeah. And they have the hoods. This lady was sitting there next to me, and had this Tyvek suit on, but no gloves. And she had a mask. Okay. She had this. And I said, no, wait a minute. Something. Maybe she's like going for, you know, I don't know. She had Tyvek suit on. Yeah. And I saw that and I, and I actually took my camera because I'm sitting right next to her. And I, I, clicked, see the picture. I just clicked my camera to see if I can get her because I don't want to be obvious. And my first shot, I got her. It was like. And you, you know, got and like her hoods all tightened up. So it's I'll, all scrunched I'll, around her face. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. Yes. It's one of my classic. I got my favorites. It's such a classic picture. But this is the kind it's, of crap, crap that we went through. And you talk so about, crazy. You know, well, isolation was, with kids, the worst thing you could have done to a veteran with PTSD or anybody for that matter is isolation. Yes. We still have not figured out. And, and I have a friend who was on a board for a hospital and the doctors say, we are, we have zero cases now of child abuse. And oh, at first I thought, them. well, that's good. And no, because 95% of child abuse cases get reported by teachers. Yeah. No, kids go to school with bruises or, you know, whatever. None. Zero. It went down to almost zero, he said. And so there's a lot of costs that we haven't tallied yet 
Uh, so much. And like people gained weight and people got divorced. Like divorce went up because I don't know. All the stress or I've whatever. I've seen so many kids in my life. My kids play, you know, Little League baseball and stuff. When I was growing up, nobody was heavy. Yeah, probably two kids in the whole school. Half the team is unbelievably obese. And it's like. Yeah. Well, know, it's I, crazy because the whole thing's like supposed to be about your health, right? But then like now you can't go walk at the park. You can't yeah. hike anymore. You can't go to the gym anymore. Like. All the things were actually healthy. They were not letting you. Look, do. I can't tie that to COVID directly because I have no evidence, but I'm suspecting it has a lot to do with it. Okay. I'm sure it didn't help. Just at because it's correlation doesn't mean it's causation, but but yeah. I, I have to believe though that it's somewhere that factored in. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think oh, one of the most horrible things that happened, which there are many, was the old people in the nursing homes and where they one were isolated and wouldn't let their loved ones come and see them and then remember the whole scandal um few of the governors got mentioned for doing it no one got in trouble but they were sending patients that were infected with covid into the nursing homes and so then they're like yeah it was heralded as a as a freaking genius during this whole thing and turn out to be yeah. the big tyrant. You know, yeah, Trump, big murderer. Trump sent him two large ships, medical mm-hmm. ships, to because he said we need we need four hundred new hospitals. Now I did the math on that. Okay, I'm sorry. He said we need this many more hospitals for this many people, and I did the math. That means New York would have had to create it if the average hospital had two hundred beds. Based on his math, they would have had to created four hundred hospitals. Okay, in the state of New York alone. He sent two large medical ships to house patients, and they would remain empty. Empty. Okay. So it who's who's in, in that, that lobby? Yeah, Trump <laughs> sent him. Hey, Trump said, "I'm going to send you the ships." He sent him the ships, and and you know, so all this stuff that went on, you know, and uh, he got lauded by the left as this big freaking hero, holding daily news conferences. Okay. And when he finally got in trouble, it was for supposedly sexual harassment or whatever. And it's like, dude, this guy was like killing grandmas, and now. Oh, horrible. Yeah, him and, him um, and the other Cuomo, right? And and yeah. CNN Cuomo. But you know the thing. The thing I'll tell you though, though, Christy is, um, you know this this whole thing was a dress rehearsal, I believe, for something that's going to happen somewhere down the line. Yeah, I think so. It was a test. Um, was yep. that quote? From and we failed the... miserably. We failed miserably as a nation. I think we really did. And then that leads up to the probably, as far as I'm concerned, the worst thing that happened was the churches that closed um, because all of like churches were told to close, but um, they didn't ever have to do that. So churches belong no. to God. No, um, there, there were some pastors that stood up and refused and I will honor them in the next episode. Um, one of them has said, these are not my doors. These are God's doors. I will not close them for his people. And so having that lack of place for people to turn to um, when they really needed it the most, um, it was just horrifying for for the churches that did that shame on them Um, for churches that either fought and stayed open. um, God bless you. Um, Ones that found their way or or got around things. um, Some fought and got fines. Um, Like I said, we'll get more into that later, but 
Um, and that also falls into the hypocrisy of like marijuana shops, abortion mills, and strip clubs were open as essential, but churches were not. So if that doesn't sum up the whole state of our union, um, I don't know what does. Well, you know, the thing about churches, Christy, is, you know, first of all, the way I look at it is you can keep me away from my church, but you can't keep me away from my God, number one, okay? Number two, though, is if you go back to the episode that you and I did on Marxism, and one of the tenets of Marxism is just to take God out of the equation altogether, okay? You got to believe based on that and everything else that's been going on. And you go back to that episode and you can understand this better if you if you guys haven't listened to that episode out there. That why was Walmart not targeted and why was why was the churches targeted? OK, and, and, and why was capitalism targeted? For the small guy, though. OK, yep. and, and you know, small whole, business. Yeah, the whole notion of having you be self-sufficient without the need of any aid from the government and the fact that they don't want you worshiping a God, they want you worshiping the government. That's exactly the Marxist doctrine, okay? And I don't know, you know, after a while you start checking the boxes and all these things and and if it looks like a duck and walks like a duck, it's a freaking duck, okay? So I don't think anything is coincidence here. I don't think anything that you mentioned happened by chance. It was to me, he's calculated. As a matter of fact, someday we're going to find out that this whole COVID thing was was conceived by our government. Yeah, right from the start, right? You and I are probably going to get kicked off YouTube because of this episode. But (laughs) this will be the final, the final episode. (laughs) They'll never shut us up. We'll find our way. Hey, look, I've been I've been kicked off by uh by by better people. Okay, so yeah. Well, um, so all that, like we could go on and on about all the horrible things. Um, we will sum up our take on the overall idea here at the end. Um, but I think it's important to notice too, to note, um, one of the big crazy things that changed during this time was, um, the level of election interference that happened. Cause mind you, 2020 is an election year. So it's kind of. You know, if you're a dot connector, all this mayhem happening right before, there might be some purpose behind that timing. Um, The propaganda and the censorship that picked up in that field. um, Anybody that was talking about COVID being a hoax or any of that stuff was out, right? Um, Remember the the Hunter Biden laptop came out and they Mm -hmm. they banned it from like Twitter and stuff. Like, no, we're not sharing that. information um across the board that would have been um beneficial to the electorate to be like oh this is interesting what do i think about this what do i think about that oh this guy's for the lockdowns this guy's not wait this guy's supporting the 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 riots this guy's not like there was so much going on in this tumultuous time in our history and the censorship was like off the charts like people that were speaking the truth weren't allowed to say it people that were touting lies were just like given the biggest megaphones in the world um you were not able to combat it in in the ways that would force a a, a debate you know um also to in 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 that interference i guess some of this was legal um 
there were new election laws forged in some of the states. Um, so if it went through the legislature, I mean, I guess it's legal, but um, they uh, some of the states actually did laws that were like a mix of mail-in ballots, same-day registration, early voting ballot boxes. And some of these laws were temporary. Some of them were permanent, but a lot of them were very COVID fear-mongering based and um, made it a lot easier to tamper with elections. We'll just go ahead and say it that way. Um, there were other states that were counties and local officials made decisions that were, they're not supposed to do because it's supposed to go through the state legislature election law, right? And that's in the, the constitution. Actually, um, Ken Paxton from Texas, the attorney general, he, during all this madness, tried to sue, um, he filed a lawsuit against Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin and the Supreme court. And he, his claim was that they breached the constitution and, um, Let's see, how do you say it here? Elections for federal office must comport with federal constitutional standards. For presidential elections, each state must appoint its electors to the electoral college in a manner that complies with the constitution. The electors clause requirement that only state legislators may set the rules governing the appointment of electors and elections and cannot be delegated to local officials. The majority of the rush decisions made by local officials were not approved by the state legislatures, thereby, thereby circumventing the constitution. That was from um, the, the verbiage in Ken Paxton's lawsuit. I don't think anything came of it. Nothing came of any of these lawsuits, but just, you know, food for thought there. Um, there was a lot of scandalizing that happened in the election under the guise of COVID. And I think it's interesting to me that while everybody's wearing the masks, so certain people that were caught on camera doing potentially scandalous things, you couldn't even see their faces, you know? Um, same, same with all the riots yeah. and stuff. Well, you know, so you know, that's you know kind of funny about this? Okay, so if you look at now the after effect of, of, of COVID, right? Mm-hmm. People use COVID as an excuse for poor service. Yes. Service service that they were poor at to begin with, but now they had an excuse. <laughs> oh, I went totally. to a local UPS store here during COVID. Yeah. And they had a sign outside, a big sign they made. Your wait might be longer because of COVID. Okay. Because and of COVID. I, wait yep. You still had your three clerks at the three stations that they always had. Yeah, they may just stand six feet away from the lady in front of you. Okay. Why would that be slower? Okay. And 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 so when you start looking at how we use COVID, and we're still using it today uh, in some regards, and you look at the Durham report, and you look at Bill Barr, who I didn't trust from day one, and I was right about Bill Barr, okay? Uh they dragged their feet on that co- on that on that on that report that came out so much further after the election. And and Durham maybe by the direction of Bill Barr, said, well, because of COVID, the whole election, the whole investigation got slowed down. Really? Right now, you're you're about what? How many miles are you from me now? 60, 70 miles away from me? Okay, maybe more? Okay. Probably about that. And you and I are talking right now, right? How does it get yeah. slowed down when you have a technology like this? <laughs> yeah. How, how does it get slowed down? Okay. And, and so... That was whole another reason where not reason, but where they 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 used this as an excuse to promulgate further tyranny. Yeah. 
Bill Barr and Durham's culpable, in my opinion. Okay, he should have mm -hmm. raised his hand if something was going wrong there. And 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 the laptop that you talked about, the Biden, you know, Bill Barr knew about that laptop and he did not allow us to know about it before the election. Okay. So you, so again, start adding up all these things and it starts looking like a duck. Yeah. Okay? It really does. Start adding and all this stuff so up. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a dot connector, you're like that, 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 this guy, that guy, yeah. how that play in, you know? Um, and I think interesting, interestingly, Bill Barr actually has a quote that says the constitution is not suspended in a time of crisis. Great quote. Um, because it's true. And just because we're in a war, just because we're in this, having this virus, just because of whatever's going on, we still have our base structure of government and limits on government that the constitution lays out. And then we still have our bill of rights that protect our God-given liberties. That stuff ought not change just because of a crisis. And it's astounding to see how many, of course, the government officials took the opportunity to overreach their power and probably not just wiping the opportunity, but actually more likely outliving a plan that was put in place. But my serious disappointment comes toward people that complied, the people who let yep. it happen, you know, um, because there's more of us than there are of them, you know, <laughs> and we still could have, we could have done this differently. We could have kept our businesses open. We could have, you know, um, gathered with our families. I mean, of course, my family did all this stuff, anyways. But you know, people that didn't, you could have just Boy, what a bunch those of people tyrants. in the middle. What a yep. bunch of tyrants you guys are if you did that. Shame on you. <laughs> well, we got called <laughs> some, some not so friendly names during this era. Um, but yeah, the people could have handled this much differently. And I hope, and I know I'm an optimist, but like you said, this is training. It was practice for something bigger that's probably going to come so. down the pipe i I, th I think um, so. and i and i agree with you there because there's no way that they um like unleash this kind of power grab and are just gonna let go you know um and, but i think that also on the good side of that is that the people also were tested right and so now we know more and a lot of people um started to think about wait a minute wait wait that's not supposed to happen in america you know um and people started looking and learning and figuring things out. So said so we don't know those numbers, but um, I, I would venture to say that there's more people onto the corruption now than there were before. I agree. I agree. <laughs> A very broad statement, but I think there's merit to that. Um, and as much as they're plotting and planning to, take us down the next way um we need to be plotting and planning to withstand and to do better next time and um okay i got a quote i have a quote here by by your buddy benjamin franklin oh which i God. think I is a uh, guy was one of the most amazing guys in my opinion and this quote by him is super epic and incredibly i love benny hill by the way benny hill was awesome but but <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Benjamin Franklin said, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety 
deserve neither liberty nor safety. Bingo. Yep. I mean, that nails it. And an unfortunate number of people gave up their liberty for safety, whether it was safety from being afraid of the virus or whether it was safety from being afraid of the mobs and the pressure and the tyrants, right? There was too many people gave in and surrendered their liberty out of fear. And the, the, the tyranny of the fearful was, it was intense. It was difficult. It was hard to withstand. I understand that people were afraid and worried and their lives were on the line and their jobs were on the line and all that. And this isn't even getting into the, the shot mandates. We'll, we'll cover that in another episode. Right. Um, But this, this year, 2020 changed the face of America and it, in, in so many ways for the worse, but also we have an opportunity and like you said in the beginning, is this God's way of giving us some kind of a chance here? And and I think that that's, that's real. And we need to hold on to that. We need to, we need to study our founding documents. And we need to see what America is actually made of so that we know when our government is acting out of bounds. Um, more importantly than that, we should be reading our Bibles with our families. And we should be learning about the good book that our constitution and our declaration of independence were and, and our whole government was structured on comes from the Holy Bible. All those lessons, so, are there. all those lessons are there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if we can do those things and get a better grip on the, that unchanging reality of, of the word of God, that un- immovable rock, then um, it, it, it doesn't matter. His house will stand. You know, if you build your house on the word of God, it's a solid rock. And um, so that's that's the number one thing that we need to be doing and and being ready. And there's no loss in that. There's no loss in prepping, you know, and, and overstocking your your food with um, canned goods. Because, hey, if the world ends, you know, we go into some crazy apocalypse and you got food, right? If it doesn't happen, hey, you got food, right? Um, and, and more importantly, there will never be a loss from studying the word of God. And then I think anybody that does those two together studies America's founding along with studying the word of God, you'll be blown away by um, seeing how much our founders were influenced by God's word, his design, his law, Absolutely. and, and being able to fortify on that. So that next time, because there will be a next time, will. next time these um, wicked, wicked people come after us, um, we're, we're going to be able to withstand the next you storm. mentioned uh, uh the word of god you mentioned food you forgot about the ammunition <laughs> oh yeah that's a given <laughs> if a you given, never okay. lose out by having well, too sorry, many i forgot who i'm talking to here with sean and everybody hey yeah, by, the way, by right. the way um the other thing you know just to close this thing out i think but that happened here was was um okay I can understand at the beginning where people got the, you know, be Jesus scared out of them, right? And they were really worried. It was just another plague or I got all that. But the inability after this thing started moving and time had gone on and the hypocrisy that you started talking about, people couldn't critically think and connect the dots. That to me was a big issue, Okay. Like, hey, look, okay, guys, I know we were all afraid. I was to some degree. Like, what is this thing? I don't know. 
you know, I think I actually had it, believe it or not, before it was even known. Uh, I would believe it was here a lot longer than than it was stated anyway. Anyway, I think it has to tie into the SARS virus. But but anyway, that that aside for a minute, I can understand why people were were afraid. Okay, the inability, though, as time went on to connect the dots of all the hypocrisy and all the data that came out and all that is troubling to me. Okay. But then what happened was, regardless of the facts, COVID, like climate change, took on the form of a religion based on your political ideology. Okay. So if you were liberal and anti-constitution or what we call progressives, we talked about what a progressive was, somebody who has a disdain for the constitution, starting with our buddy Wilson, Woody, Woody Wilson, I'm going to call him from now on. Woody. Um, Okay. And, and, like climate change, it took on a religious aspect. You know, with climate change, it became a denier. You know, you're you're a denier. Uh, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, okay, I am a denier. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Not that climate doesn't change, but that we're causing it. And and yeah. so so when you get this religious aspect, abortion's the same way. Okay, okay. So you got some of these 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 watershed uh, 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 items out there that that issues out there that that people critical thinking just goes away okay and they don't think anymore about about what is really going on here all right and i'm starting to notice now that for example um climate change five years ago very few people uh spoke out about it now a lot more people are starting to come out and call the, you know, calling the baby ugly, and 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 I'm st- I'm starting to see that change now, and I think the same thing happened in COVID, maybe in a shorter time period, more people are calling foul on what actually happened, right? And I think that's a good thing, okay? Amen. I so, agree. You know, so I think we're we're starting to see a lot of those changes, um, yep. especially now that um like Elon Musk took over Twitter and there's more free speech. There's still a little more censorship than I'd like to see, but there's more free speech on there now. Um, People have that kind of microphone back in that public sphere. And I think that's been really helpful in these discussions. Um, Mm -hmm. Gab.com is the freest of free speech websites, um, social media sites. So you can, everybody talks about everything on there, but um, Twitter's got a really big audience. So, um, it's just a really good tool for this and getting the word out. And I think that was a really great change for the better and the social circles and people are, they're questioning things. They're talking about things. They're debating about things. And I think a lot of the people who were in power for so long and had this kind of stronghold through the media are, they're losing it. And the opposition is, um, is strengthening. And I like, I like to see that. And I want to see more of that. And even I think there's hopeful things that have happened, which we'll get into the next episode. But like in California, they tried to do the mask mandates again, not even that long ago. And even in L.A., they were like, no, you know, so there's hope. And in the next episode, we'll talk a lot more about the hopeful things that happen during this era, during 2020. And then um, and how they're carrying on um, into the present and what we need to do to keep that momentum up and strong and uh, do what we can 
to keep our freedom and our, you know, our God-given liberty, which can never truly be taken, but we need to do what we can to uphold it, protect it, and uh, fight for our beloved country, the, the ruins of the West. We we have this opportunity to to uh, rebuild and make something good and true and beautiful to withstand the ages for our future generations to be able to enjoy and embrace. Christy, I think you did a really nice job summing this all up and putting it into a package. And, uh, and you know, I think I think one of the lessons I think we take away from this is, uh, you know, not only Ben Franklin's statement here, but understanding that if there's an opening, whether it's with executive orders, like we talked about in the last episode, or because a lot of this did happen in that regard with executive orders, um, whenever a tyrant season opening to exploit like COVID they will fill the gap and they will take the opportunity to further advance their power and further reduce your freedoms that's something I hope everybody understands when the tyrants see an opening they will be there to fill the gap yeah. and those tyrants by the way come on both sides of the aisle it's not just yeah. a democrat thing okay I think it's predominantly on that side, but it's not only there, okay? And and so I hope we're smarter as a nation. And I do appreciate the fact that you laid this out very nicely because it hopefully gives some people food for thought as to whenever the next crisis happens, and to your point, it will, we are smarter about how we think about it. Yep. You know? So, all right. Okay. So, Christy, I assume we're done. Yep. That's that one. We, we got to stop at some point, right? I know we can well, talk forever. You know, like you said, we can go on forever on these things, you know. <laughs> um, so, the, the next episode is going to be what, Christy? So, this is 14. Okay. Tyranny of the Fearful. So and the next will be um, Liberty of the Brave. So, the next will be the follow-up. So, 15 will be part. Liberty, Liberty of the Brave. Mm-hmm. okay are you gonna put like, we're gonna need we need it after all that we need that i need the good i need the good news <laughs> are you gonna put like anna's picture on the podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so all right let's close it there christy we'll see you on the next one and uh uh for mark deluzio and for christy tyrone coming from beautiful arizona i'm still in shorts here in november in a golf shirt okay so uh, just for my friends back east up in north in Connecticut, although I heard it was warm up there today in the 60s anyway. But uh, anyway, uh, thanks, Christy. We'll see you next time on lean911.com. You can, I'm sorry, on, uh, that's my other podcast, on uh, Constant, uh, 1787solution.com. You can catch all our episodes there. We release two episodes a month, one on the 1st, one on the 15th. And you can also catch us on Apple Podcasts and on YouTube, should they decide to keep us. So we'll see. Okay. We'll we'll see you next time. Thanks, Christy. God bless. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Constitution Solution, one podcast under God. You can find other episodes on our website at 1787solution.com, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're your hosts, Christy Tyrone and Mark Deluzio. Until next time, may God bless you and may God bless America. 